Welcome to Inner Skin Podcast. My name is Sophie Carbonari, and today I'm happy to introduce Sherin von Wilfen, founder of Bastid. Thanks, Sherin, for accepting to be in Inner Skin. How are you? Very well. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, so I will start with the first question, which is, when was the first time you became aware of how older may seem you? I think for me, the, the, you know, it's, it's, I think it starts very early. You know, I think when you're um, already a child, you know, you, you definitely start to, to be aware. But for me, the, the biggest memory was for sure when I was in, I would think probably in uh, middle school yeah. is when I became the most, um, the most self-aware and the most, you know, almost kind of insecure because okay. you start to realize that people are, are judging you or, or paying attention to you. But I, I, I remember even as a child being very um, aware of how people looked at, at other people. And, and I was just an observant kid, I think. So, um, so it's hard to say. I yeah. think um, real self-awareness probably started in middle school. How was your self-image challenged during the transition to, from your adolescence to your adult foods? Um, I mean, it's funny. I have, you know, parents who are, who are very loving and, and I don't think I ever had a crazy teenage time. You know, yeah. I didn't really rebel or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I do remember just being very insecure and being very, um, it was also a time when I moved from a, I was always in public school and I moved to a private school. Yeah. So there was a big moment of feeling like, you know, do you fit in? Or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you also felt like a lot of the other kids have a ton of money and, you know, were yeah. you chic enough? Were you, you know, so it was this, that definitely, um, I think took a bit of a, a toll on my, on my um, sense of self. And I remember, um, you know, it was always, I was always worried what, how people would see my parents or how people um, would see me. And I, and I still remember having conversations. I have a brother that's a year and a half older mm -hmm. and just telling him how I, how I felt. And, and that for me, it was so important to look good, you know, that it was so important to be pretty, to be, um, considered pretty by other people. And I think I, I really looking back, I think I spent a lot of time <laughs> thinking about that, you know, yeah. and being so insecure because I was a cute girl, like, yeah. but I was so insecure. And I, I still remember, I think the other thing that was hard for me is I grew up in Virginia, but okay. I have German parents. Okay. So, so we were always a little bit different in, in the sense that I remember even as a child, You know, my mother would never let me cut my hair. I was allowed to have bangs. Um, okay. You know, I was never allowed to wear makeup. And then I, when, I, when I started high school in this private school, mm -hmm. um, people were, everybody was already shaving their legs. And, um, you know, and I remember my mother saying to me, she said, don't start shaving your legs now. They'll, it's, you're you're going to regret it. Your hair is going to grow back much darker and, yeah. and, and you're, you, you won't. And I had absolutely no hair. So, but I still remember feeling very, self-conscious about it and thinking people would notice that I hadn't shaved my legs or, yeah. um, you know, so I think it was also this culture, this difference of culture and me trying to please my parents and at the same time fit in and be cool. And, um, you know, and it's, and, and I think that's, that's always been a bit of me growing up. Um, 
between two cultures because I would spend all my summers in Germany and I would spend the rest of the year in, in the United States. And I always felt that I was not really one or the other, you know? Yeah, I see. Um, so you I remember the really, the, the really um, kind of um, natural uh, way of, of uh, taking care inside out and everything from Germany and then the more superficial should i say i don't know if it's like it's judgment but most superficial way of uh, us yeah and i and I, i still remember i really wanted to be you know it was very cool to be a cheerleader yeah and so i wanted to become a cheerleader and <laughs> i i you know it's hard it's it's a lot of practice and i and i made the team and um but i remember while i was trying to make the team my parents saying Shireen, you know you should you should play soccer, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> better for you. And, you know, so I had that voice in my head. And I remember the day that I made the team, which was a huge deal, you know, and if you were on the um, cheerleading team, then, you know, football players paid attention to you. It was like a big deal, you know? So I remember thinking um, of being so excited. And at the same time, I ended up quitting or turning down the offer to be on the team Okay. because of my parents because i wanted to please them too you know and so then i ended up playing soccer mm -hmm. um so again i think it was that those two sides of, of of me and and inside trying to make sure i was pleasing them and listening to them too because i understood that it probably made more sense to be an athlete than um, you know so so yeah i still i still remember <laughs> quitting the cheerleading team <laughs> <laughs> it's a big i think it's a big deal when you were like and especially because it's like it's i think soccer is really like a european culture isn't it it is it mm -hmm. is and my brothers both you know i have two brothers and a sister a younger sister so i also grew up sandwiched between two brothers who were both um playing sports um so i think and my mother is very you know we grew up on a farm um We had resources, so she was always outside. My mother's someone who's never worn a stitch of makeup in her life. You know, she's a very natural person. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I think she just wanted us to, to be a little more athletic and tough. And I think it, you know, mm -hmm. it, in hindsight, I think it's right too, because I think that if you, if you have your kids pay more attention to doing other things, they pay less attention maybe to their looks. Yeah, I see. And, and they have more joy. You know, I think even as I got older, the more sports I did, the more I got out of my head and stopped thinking about, you know, how I looked. And yeah, uh, yeah, I see. So I think it was a good, it was a good thing. <laughs> Great. So um, can you describe a moment that you put yourself image into question or drastically changed it? Um, did I ever put it into question? I, I mean, I think, you know, I remember there was this time um, when I was already older and I was living in Hamburg mm -hmm. and I remember, you know, I always had wavy hair and I just remember straightening it, you know, and having this hair straightener and, uh, and my parents were so sad. I mean, they kept saying to me like, are you crazy? Your, you know, your hair is so beautiful. Why would you do that? And, <laughs> and I just felt so much better and so much more professional. I was working for Tom Ford at the time for Gucci. Mm -hmm. And it was that time of the really straight look. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I don't know. I think, I think in a way I probably wanted to be, you know, just a sleeker version maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if I questioned 
if I ever fully question myself. Mm -hmm. um, I can't say. No, I think it's more like those subtle changes. And yeah. I think, you know, even when I was younger, I remember the first time I wore some makeup. I remember putting under eye makeup on and, and thinking, God, now I feel grown up and I, you know, <laughs> I would go outside and I would think people would look at me more because I was wearing makeup, you know? So it's, I think it's more those subtleties. I don't think I ever really questioned. Um, you, your self-image actually. I see. It was like a kind of growing up milestones uh, in yeah. terms of uh, affirmation of yourself and how your aesthetics, but not really change, like uh, drastically changed your self-image. No, I never, I never drastically changed. I think I've always been pretty much, um, pretty much the way I am. I think it's a much more subtle because I'm a very visual person. Mm -hmm. I think it's always this kind of looking what's going on and, 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 and adapting to situations. You know, I think that's also when you grow up with two cultures, Yes. Um, you, you are very, in, I guess you, you just get more practice in, in kind of fitting in. And so um, I think that was always, I was always kind of looking at my environment and looking how I could fit in, but maybe still be true to myself. So that's good. That's good. It's, I think it's one of the key of, uh, you know, like mental health too. <laughs> um, so how would you describe the relationship or your relationship with the modern beauty culture? Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's very exciting. I think that everything that's out there is super interesting. I mean, I've been one of those people, I remember reading a Miss Vogue when I was a kid. I had W Magazine, you know, even though I was living on a farm. So I've, I, I've always really loved beauty and I've always really loved that you can do things differently and you can learn things. And um, so, so the beauty culture for me, um, for me, I see it as like a, a, an ocean of possibilities. And I think our job is then to say, you know, which one of those things works for us. Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely, you know, I'm not one of those people that, that says you shouldn't try everything and you should, because I, I really do think that there's so much out there that yeah. can help us. I mean, I'll give you an example. Recently, I went to my, um, to my dermatologist and I was telling her that I always have these really dry, dry lips and that no matter what I put on them, nothing works. And I was looking for balms and I was always trying to figure out what it could be. And, um, And she basically said to me, you know, you have sun damage on your lips. So no matter what you put on them, it will always have that rough texture. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I can recommend is doing a Fraxel. So it's a laser yeah. on the lips. Okay. And I'm not somebody who likes aggressive things. Yeah. But I said, okay, let's do it. And she, she did it. And it was funny because your lips get really puffy. So it almost <laughs> looks like you've had injection. But, um, and it hurts. It really, really hurts but it's the best thing I've ever done for my lips. And then now you don't have any chapiski. I mean, she did it once. She says, maybe I have to do it one more time. Okay. But, um, but you know, for me, that was a real eye opener because I thought, you know, it's just so great that you have so many um, possibilities to do, to, to try things and mm -hmm. to really make a big difference. You know, I was to the point I couldn't wear lipstick because my drips, my lips were always dry and my mother had the same thing. And, mm -hmm. I thought it was more genetic or I thought it was because I wasn't drinking enough water or, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, this really made me realize number one, that you have to protect your lips against the sun, yeah, I, I which we 
all probably don't do enough. Exactly. I mean, I know that I always put it on my face, but I don't always put it on my mouth because it tastes so bad. And then and number two, that, you know, that this beauty world is, there's so much out there. And I think we shouldn't be afraid of it. I think we should, we should trust our, you know, we should do the research. We should go to people we love. You know, I think you've been a great inspiration for me because you. you have so many good ideas, but I, I think you should, should really, um, you know, enjoy this world and all the options and possibilities that we have um, to make ourselves look the way we, you know, look yeah. and feel great. Yes, that's, that's the word, yeah, feel great and uh, yeah, be like the best you can be, be yourself, but yeah, with the little things that makes you feel, you know. And, so. and, it, and it's one of the things I love about French beauty too. I mean, just spending time in Provence and in Paris and, and you know, I believe so many, um, you know, my husband's French and so, so we have French family and French, so many friends. And I, and I really realized what I love so much about French beauty that women or the French women have is this idea that it's kind of, it's yours. Beauty is your, it's your secret kind of, you can do a little here, you can do a little there. If you want a tiny bit of filler, if you, you know, and they don't talk about it and, and it's not visible and it doesn't look like it's taken a lot of effort. But if you scratch beneath the surface, everyone's doing something, you know, and it's, and I just love that, um, you know, I mean, maybe sometimes I wish French women would be a little more open about it because, yeah. because then people would realize that no one's, no one looks that way, you know. In real life, I know. Right? You know, so, so I think the French, in a way, they're a little bit like, they're like the bitchy, the bitchy girlfriend, you know. I know, the, I know. Who doesn't really tell you where she bought her sweater or, I know. but, but, but. I, but I get it. It's the European, you know, it's, I grew up with it in a German household. So it's, it's very similar because I do think it's important that we share, you know, and it, oh, yeah, that we share this and that we share, um, you know, I think everyone, or at least most of my friends want to have a natural look, you know, yeah. they want to look naturally beautiful. Mm -mm. Um, and, and I, like I said to you, you know that I'm very into spirituality and I do a lot of reading of, of spirituality and things that I feel like really help me to, to think about myself differently. And so I don't want to just focus on the way I look. You know, I don't think that that's what's going to make us happy. But at the same time, I think there's a real joy, just like I love fashion and I love dressing. I think there's a real joy in doing the best you can for your skin, you know, and I, a big part of that for me is how you live, you know, so that you're, you, you, when you're happier, when you spend more time outside, when you eat well, but the other part is also, you know, doing whatever it, you know, doing a little bit of this or a little bit of that and trying things. And, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it, it's, it definitely helps me to feel better. And I think, um, I think it is part of our modern beauty world. Exactly. And I do think, you know, I do think, as with everything, you know, it's, it's moderation is the key. I think that so many, you know, when you see some of the, the, um, YouTube and, and so, I mean, it's, it's also sad when, when young people go too far, obviously, exactly. but I think, I think it's almost because, because that whole movement has gone too far. Mm. It's, it's now made it, you know, I, you just have to pick and choose, you know? So of course I don't think, I don't want my daughter to be doing crazy things, but I want her to know that there's a world out there of things that she can choose mm -hmm. and she just has to choose them wisely. So 
it's moderation. I think, you know, it's no, yeah. no different than anything else. Exactly. I definitely agree with you. Um, can you describe uh, a day that you will get prepared for a rendezvous? So can you tell me like all of the rituals you do to feel beautiful and empowered? Um, so I love, I mean, we, you know, we started Bastide um, for that idea of, of moments, of rituals, of having beauty in your day. And so, um, you know, I really start with a, a beautiful, just, we have, we have a great shower. So I think that's number one. Um, yeah. and, and I always use, um, we have a Mie de Lavande body wash. Yeah. That's just like, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm in Provence when I'm using mm -hmm. it. So it's, it's really, really beautiful. And it's, you know, it's lavender and it's honey. And I can think of our lavender fields when I'm using it. So I think that is one moment of real pause. Yeah. And then, um, I usually do when I come out of the shower, I use the P50 body. Okay. Um, and I do a kind of a ritual with a, with a, one of those silicone gloves so mm -hmm. that I rub the P50 for the body on. And then I use, um, we have a beautiful body cream called Cora Corps. Okay. So I kind of put that all over. And I think that's just for me, it's almost like I feel like I've put on my armor, you know, or something, not armor, but just yeah, yeah, smooth. Perfect, yeah, perfect. yeah. And also then when you put on your clothes, everything feels nice. You feel yeah. like you're, you're ready. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously for my skin, um, I also do the P50. And then I, I, I pretty much wear makeup almost every day. I think on the weekend, sometimes I'll just do masking or, or things like that. But um, I always wear a bit of mascara. I always wear eyeliner. Okay. Um, and I just think that makes me feel feel ready, you know, feel ready for, um, and then, you know, if it's a rendezvous, then maybe some, some red lips. So yeah. I usually, um, I don't, I don't wear a ton of lipstick, but I always smudge it and I, um, yeah. And I, I think that's it. I pretty much, um, simple, but yeah, just, um, uh, and then eyebrows, I've gotten really into eyebrows lately. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just think, I don't know, I just think maybe it's also when you get older, you know, I used to never wear lipstick, but as I'm getting older, I feel like you need a tiny bit of color. And I think eyebrows also make such a, such a great um, difference. There's this company in LA called Strike, um, okay. and they do these beautiful feathered eyebrows. Who are you beauty role models? <sighs> My beauty role models. Um, I think my mother is definitely a beauty role model just because, because of her naturality, um, you know, that, and, and this idea of being simple, you know, so I think that's always been, been a role model for me. And then my grandmother was amazing. My mother's mother. Um, mm -hmm. I remember just watching her, um, do her hair in the, in the mirror when I was a child and she was always, um, you know, she's very into homeopathy. So I think, yeah. you know, I've, I've always, um, I've always had role models like that, but then I also growing up in the fashion world, you know, I was a fashion editor for a while and then, um, worked as a, worked in communications for, for Tom Ford, for Gucci and for Saint Laurent. So, you know, for sure I'm, I'm influenced kind of by the, um, the Kate Mosses and the, you know, so I, I love that. I love that natural look. I love Caroline de Maigret. I think she's like a, you know, I, I just, I think there's a real elegance. There's a real um, natural beauty and, and, and the imperfection. I love that. So 
I see exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. She, she has this kind of, she's the, like the, yes, yeah, so she's the French, like the Parisian, like the French image uh, worldwide. But I think she has the kind of things like she honed, she honed something, she honed her beauty and she didn't, you know, she, yes, yeah, so she didn't care to don't be perfect, but it, that's make her powerful and really charismatic, I think. Yeah, and really elegant. I think she's got, and I think there's another beauty about her that's that's a real beauty. You know, when you um, when you meet her, she's not a. She, you can tell she's really focused on the other person, so mm -hmm. she's not focused on herself. And I think that's also that's what makes people beautiful. I think yeah. it's that okay. growing um, and and being less self-aware. You know, almost saying like. Now I'm looking at you and I want to see what you're about and what you, and I think that that also makes a pe person very beautiful because it makes you realize that they don't have any hangups. They're not, you know, they're not worried. And, and I, and I think by the way, that's also why she has the, the, you know, the bandwidth to be interesting and to read and to think about music and yeah. because she's not thinking about the way she looks all the time. That's true. That's true. She's, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah it's, I think, yeah, so the per like the full character makes, makes her uh, beautiful. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I like her. <laughs> so how do you feel about plastic surgery and aesthetic adjustment? I think it's, you know, again, it's, I feel the same way as I feel about, um, about beauty. You know, mm -hmm. I think that it's, it's a world that it's, that's out there. Yeah. And I think some people do it really well and some people don't, um, yeah. you know, I have in our family, we have like eyelids. So that's definitely something that I will do at some point, you know, and I know my mother has it. And, and I don't think, I think it's, it's, it's almost something, you know, I think it's a scary thing. I think you, you don't want to look changed. You don't want to look different. Um, but but there's so many wonderful people doing it well exactly. that I think it's almost, um, it's almost, I, I don't mind it. I think, I don't think you ever want to look different. I don't think you ever want to take away yeah. your look, mm -hmm. but I think enhancing and doing little things, you know, most people hear about getting um, surgery on the eyelids and they, they think it's like scary or, um, yeah. but I, I don't, I don't, I think it's when it's beautifully done, yeah, you don't notice that's the key. So yeah. I think if, like be, go, go to someone who you can put your trust on and do like a wonderful job. It, it will always keep your face as it is, but just, you know, just make some little corrections without, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. Losing you is essence, if I could, should say. Yeah. So that's yeah. true. And I think it's nice too, that now more people are talking about it because I think that for a long time, it felt like if, if people were doing that, then, you know, it was, that, that it was yes. crazy or that it was. So but, people w wouldn't communicate on it like it's secret or it's, you have to be sh feel shamed about, which is not actually the case because, yeah, I mean, like. No, exactly. And I do think, I do think, you, you know, it, it, it gives you the power to feel much better about yourself, you know? So I think that's the other, um, True. that's the other thing. Um, you know, and it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous road. It's a slippery slope. I also definitely don't think that 
young kids should be um, smart start yeah. too early um, because I think that's dangerous. I think you have to have a really clear sense of who you are and why you're doing something yeah. um, and not just for, for this constant idea of constantly wanting to improve. I, that's definitely wrong. But I think if there's something that really bothers you, yeah, um, and I think especially as women age, um, I think it's part of, part of also, it's, I think it's partly spiritual to keeping yeah. yourself in a good space. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I'm definitely for it. I think it's, yeah, I think I, I'm agree. So it's just you, like, like everything you have to trust the person, um, and you have to do your homework too, I think, exactly. you know? don't go to the first person that you you think could be great or something like that and although the things i want to say is like the, like it's something that you can't be cheap on mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have to get the best you can and that's that you can afford absolutely exactly absolutely that's and i don't think you know i also don't think that it's wrong to not do anything i mean god forbid like my mother never did anything and and i don't think that's I also want to make sure that we don't dismiss people who are natural and, who, yeah. you know, who have wrinkles. And I, I think that's just as beautiful, exactly. but, but the person themselves needs to feel it. So, um, you know, I think it just really depends on, on who you are and what matters to you. But so what role as age plays on your self image? Um, yeah, I think aging is hard. I think aging catches up with you very suddenly. So I really felt like, you know, I remember having my um, my first child when I was, I think, 34. Mm -hmm. And I feel like from 34 to 44 was like a blank. Like, I don't even remember it. You know, it's just because you don't sleep, you don't, you get so focused on your children. Um, so I felt like I kind of, woke up at 44 and was like, oh my God, now I'm old. <laughs> um, and I, and, it's, and it's, it's funny too, it's also really funny in business, you know, that you very quickly realize that people see you as the older one. <laughs> and you always felt like you were really young, you know? And, and, and I remember my parents saying that to me, they would go to a nightclub and, and um, feel like they were just as young as everyone else. But, yeah. you know, so. So it's, it's, I think age is a very interesting thing. And I think we really need to fight that. I think it's very similar to that voice in our heads that's always talking to us and always saying, you know, are you pretty enough? Are you smart enough? Are you, and, and I think we have to silence that voice. When the voice says, oh, you're old and you don't matter anymore. That's not, that's not real. That's just us being insecure. Yes. So I think you really have to, <clears throat> start remembering and honoring um, the growth that you, you know, we always can still grow and be exciting. And, and I, I know so many women and men that are, I think especially, I'm always fascinated by women who, who are much older than I am and who are still so young because of the things they do and the things yeah. they try and the, you know, being open and, and being positive about the opportunities. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that, that aging is, is a very beautiful thing and, and we should embrace it and, and play with it, you know? I see. Um, 
Do you have any complex or specific hang-up? Do I have a specific hang-up? I don't have a specific hang-up, I don't think. Um, I think that, I, you know, my eyes maybe, I always think that they're, you know, too deep set and too small and... Oh, and no, that beautiful, I mean, like, I can tell that you have beautiful eyes to me. <laughs> No, oh, I know you're so sweet. Of course, no, and I do. I don't. I don't. I don't think I have any specific hangups. No, for me, it's more this. Oh, you know what? One interesting thing that I have is that because I'm blonde and I'm fair-skinned, mm -hmm. I think sometimes I feel very invisible. Like I feel very. I feel like I'm just another blonde. You know. So, so I think that's another weird hangup that I have, and it's. You know, I think we all have these days. Some days we wake up and we feel really confident. And some days yeah. we wake up and we just feel like we're invisible. And mm -hmm. and so I think my one hang up is that that I never want to be thought of as just another blonde girl. Yeah. Yeah, I see you so, as exactly that invisible blonde girl that's just kind of bare pale skin and I pale see. hair. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um can you describe a phase or a specific or a faux pas that you made as an attempt to define yourself? Faux pas? Well, probably the straightening my hair. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely a faux pas. I mean, it ruins your hair. And I think yeah. it takes away a lot of your personality. So I think, you know, the, the and I was really straightening with the straightening iron, you know, so yeah. it's flat and it took away the shine. So I guess that would be considered a faux pas. Um, mm -hmm. Any other faux pas? No, nothing else really. Okay. Great. I mean, maybe in dressing, you know, you sometimes you dress yeah. in a way that doesn't suit you, but um, mm. I think that's also good to try things. Yeah. Be, I, mean, like, I think that's the other thing, not to be afraid of faux pas and not to be afraid of, I think our, our society teaches us that, and I think, by the way, that's, That, that voice again, you know, that like, oh, don't try this, don't try that. Yeah. I think it's very important to, to not be afraid and to just trust yourself. Yeah, instinct, to follow your instinct, I think it's the key. Exactly. And uh, the last question will be, how has your family affected your self-image? Well, I do think as I'm getting older, it's funny, I have an 11-year-old daughter now, and so I see her going through some of the same things that I went through. Okay. And, um, and just in sense, you know, she's a beautiful, beautiful girl. I mean, really everything. She's very extraordinary, but, <laughs> but she, she doesn't think so. And she doesn't think, you know, she doesn't like her body and she doesn't like mm -hmm. her face and she thinks her cheeks are too fat. And, mm -hmm. and I just, I just kind of scratch my head because yeah. I think, like, are you crazy? <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, and at the same time, I try to really hear her because I remember my mother in the same instance being very not harsh but she would always say you know how can you even complain you know if you imagine other people and what they have to go you know and i and i then it didn't that that yeah. didn't work like yeah. it didn't no. work when she <laughs> so so i know i have to try a different tactic with my daughter um because it's just you know and i, and I think the other thing we really have to remember Um, is to not be so judgmental of people and to voice that judgment with our children. Because the more, you know, and I think my parents too, I think my parents would say things, oh my God, look at how fat that person is. Or, yeah. you know, and, and those things stay in your head. And yeah. even though they've never been directed at you, 
-hmm. it makes you judge yourself. Yes. And so I think, I think it's very important to, um, you know, that idea of being impeccable with your word, like really thinking about what you're saying and what message that's sending. And if you're being judgmental with yourself or with other people, your children will hear it and they will also be judgmental with themselves. Yeah. So, um, so I guess that, but they were also, my parents were amazing. I mean, they were, um, fun and, and irreverent and, you know, they made us so, so I think they, they also gave us a lot of like very, very, you know, strong things to, to go with and to remember. And I remember my mother always saying to me, um, don't worry so much about how you look because that's going to go. Yeah. (laughs) Focus on the things that will stay. Yeah. You have. To build up kind of um, your like the things you think you culture your the intelligence and stuff I know yeah but that's that's a good uh, I think that's a the best way to raise your kids I mean I don't have kids but I think it's a good way to to do <laughs> yeah and to stay in the moment I think that's the other thing that you you know it's hard to tell kids because they have no idea of time but mm-hmm. um, this idea that and my mother would always say that to me too. She said, try to live in this, try to stay in that age that you are. Don't try, don't try to look older, be older, enjoy where you are right now. That's true. And I think even as adults, that's the most important thing is that we enjoy this moment, whatever we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. Especially, especially now. (laughs) Yes. No, but life is lived. I mean, there's this great, um, uh, there's a great book called, um, it's not Malcolm Gladwell, I'm just thinking, um, he's, uh, his, what is his name? His name is, um, oh my God, I'm totally, Eckhart Stolle, Eckhart Stolle, and he wrote a book called The Power of Now and A New Earth. Okay. And they're both wonderful books, and they're really, um, the, the idea is so much to focus on, you know, that life is not lived in the past or in the future, but in this present moment. And that if we, that if we, the anxiety always comes because we're trying to, you know, accomplish things that are in the future or that we did wrong in the past, you know? And, and so it's, it's really um, important to remember that and to say, you know, if I'm having a cup of coffee, this is it right now. Yes. I am. Yeah. And if I'm talking to my kids, like, even if I have a million things in my head that I should be doing, if you don't use, if you don't stay in the moment, mm. that's when you start not living your life. That's true. That's so true. Yeah. So, but I mean, like we have done and thank you for your, for sharing this wonderful experience and everything with us. Thank you. Um, Such a pleasure. And I can't wait to see you. I can't wait for you to be able to... (laughs) Me too. In I know. And so whatever, but I, I need, <laughs> we need it so bad. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the Inner Skin podcast of Sherin von Wilfen. Thanks for listening.